Good evening and welcome to today's episode of the FIFA World Cup show. Wherever you are listening to this episode from, whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly, Philippa Limo. I have love for sports. On tonight's episode, we'll be hearing from key players and key actors who have played different roles at the Mundial and how the Mundial has shaped their lives. Tonight's episode is themed the FIFA World Cup moments and we'll be hearing from the players, the architects, the movers and shakers of the game and how the World Cup has shaped their life and has transformed their careers. And reflecting on that, one of the key architects we'll be hearing from, we'll be hearing from United States Trailblazer, John Hex, And we'll be hearing from him about that historic win the U.S. chalked against Colombia at the Rose Bowl Stadium in California at the 1994 World Cup. And uh, without much ado, I'll give you a brief overview of who John Andrew Hicks is and his career, his journey, before we hear from him and his impressions of that game against Colombia at the 1994 World Cup. John Andrew Andrew Hicks is an American soccer coach and a former professional player who is now the head coach of Greenfield Triumph. John Hicks is a member of of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. He was the first American ever to play in the English Premier League with Sheffield Wednesday and the second American to score at Wembley Stadium, and the first American soccer player to appear in the final of a major English tournament in the 1991 Football League Cup final with Sheffield Wednesday. After moving to the Major League Soccer in 1996, he won two MLS Cup titles with DC United, a mainstay in the U.S. national team midfield for most of the 90s. Higgs appeared in the two FIFA World Cup tournaments. He was named the team's captain for life by the then head coach, Steve Sampson. Before having the title stripped from him ahead of the 1998 World Cup, Higgs ended his national team career with 90 caps and 60 goals. And 60 goals. John Higgs played in the 1990 and 1994 FIFA World Cup and was controversially cut from the team weeks before the 1998 tournament by the national team coach, Steve Sampson. X made his national team debut on March 23, 1987 against Canada. He was on the US US team at the 1987 Pan-American Games. He quickly established himself 
as a national team regular and was selected for the 1988 Olympics. That year, the U.S. went 1-1-1 and failed to qualify for the second round. X continued to play for the national team as it went through the qualification process for the upcoming World Cup. The team qualified for those games after an improbable 1-0 road victory over Trinidad and Tobago in the final qualification game. In 1990, he was a member of the World Cup squad made up of mostly college and semi-professional players. The United States side was routed 1-5 by Czechoslovakia, but were respectable losers 1-0 to the host nation and eventual semi-finalist Italy and also lost 2-1 to Austria. Despite losing all three games, many players from the 1990 squad, including Hakes, Ramos, Melo, Marcelo, Balbao, and Eric, formed the core of the U.S. national team for most of the decade and played an important role in the development of MLS. U.S. fared better as a host nation in 1994, upsetting Colombia 2-1 in a group stage game to advance to the round of 16. And tonight, we'll be hearing from him on that particular game at the Rose Bowl Stadium and how he shaped his career and the U.S. team. However, Higgs missed the round of 16 game against Brazil after receiving a second yellow card of the group stage against Romania. And in a one-match suspension, Brazil won the game 1-0 and went on to win the World Cup. So for that particular tournament that was held in the USA in 1994, we hear from Jen Higgs himself and how that victory shaped the U.S. team against the much-fancied Colombia at the Rose Bowl Stadium in California. My favorite World Cup moment is 1994, second game in the tournament at home in the Rose Bowl in California against Colombia, 2-1 result. Uh, this was a situation where Colombia was favored as dark horses to win the tournament. A lot of pressure on the U.S., obviously, going into these games and uh, as a host nation. And again, still trying to find that proving ground of what, that we belonged in international football. And even Pele had picked Colombia at that time to win the tournament. So everything was against us. Uh, we went in and played under Bora Milutinovic, our, our manager, who prepared us specifically for this game. We had a belief in the team, but just to pull off a result 2-1 against them was uh, fantastic. And I think at that point in time, uh, that was when we were convinced that we can compete at that level. I think before that, we still had a little bit of a doubt. Uh, but in that game alone, we proved not only to ourselves, but to a, a U.S. nation uh, that soccer can you know, be successful, but also can carry on. Maybe that was one of the reasons that professional soccer exists today in Major League Soccer in the USA. Yes, that victory is what indeed has shaped soccer in the USA. And the Major League Soccer, it is what it is today because of that squad from USA 94. This was the beautiful game of football 
and the FIFA World Cup does not just to players, but it shapes the socio-economic lives of individuals and the nation as a whole. And we continue to pray that governments, nations, key stakeholders will continue to use sports as a key tool for national development and to advance the costs and developments of our countries as well as our individual lives. I'll be going again to speak to another World Cup legend. It's a former Russian striker, Dmitry Rachenko, on Russia's 6-1 victory over Cameroon at the 1994 World Cup again in the USA. Radmichenko played for Russia at the 1994 FIFA World Cup where he scored a goal against Cameroon. In that tournament, Russia trashed Cameroon 6-1 with Ole Salenko scoring five goals in that game. I will give you a brief background about Ole Salenko and Dmitry Rachenko who tell us what went into that game and how they felt as a team and what that particular game did to Russia as a country. But first, let me give you a brief background about Salenko, the guy who scored five goals in that game against Cameroon. Salenko played for the Soviet Union under 20 team at the 1989 FIFA World Youth Championship, becoming the tournament top scorer with five goals. He played a total of only nine international matches, including the 3-1 friendly game against Ukraine and Hungary, which was the first international game for the Ukraine national football team to be recognized by FIFA. He also had eight appearances for Russia and scored six goals, all of them at the FIFA World Cup, in which he was a joint top scorer. His last international appearance was the 6-1 win against Cameroon, where he scored five goals. As of 2017, he is the only player to win the Golden Boots at the Under-20 World Cup and the FIFA World Cup. Now, Salenko at the 1994 FIFA World Cup set a world record by scoring five goals in one game in Russia's 6-1 win against Cameroon on June 28, 1994. He finished the 1994 World Cup with six goals, having scored from the penalty spot against Sweden in the previous game and shared the golden boot with Bulgarian legend Aristo Stock after being knocked out in the first round and having played only three games while Bulgaria played a total of seven games and achieved a fourth-place finish. As we speak today, as of 2021, Salenko is the only player ever to win the Golden Boots Award on a team eliminated from the World Cup Finals at the group stage. What an outstanding achievement that is even yet to be broken. We hear from his teammate, Dmitry Rachenko, on how that game affected soccer 
in Russia. 2018 will mark Russia's 11th appearance in the FIFA World Cup finals. And here to share his memories of one of those campaigns, a former Zenit favourite with an Eiffel goal. I'm Dmitry Radchenko. I played as a striker for Russia at the 1994 World Cup Finals in America. The tournament was very important for us because it was our first as an independent Russia. We had been preparing for it for a very long time. We lost our first two matches, but we came into the final game against Cameroon determined to show what we could do. We knew we still had an outside chance to qualify as a third best placed team if we beat Cameroon and beat them well. The final result was 6-1 and Solenko was incredible. Even though we didn't progress, we showed the world what we were capable of. The game is remembered for Oleg's five goals, but I scored one too. It was Russia's sixth of the game. It came from a counter-attack. How I scored it, though, wasn't important. My childhood dream had been to play in the World Cup and to score a goal. And that's what happened. Yes, I like one thing Dmitry Rachenko said. He said his dream was to play at the World Cup and to score at the World Cup. And he was happy to have lived and fulfilled that dream. Wherever you are listening to this podcast from, I want you that whatever I want you to know that whatever dream and aspirations that you have, no matter how long it takes, do not give up. Do not fade. Do not give up. Keep pressing. Keep pushing. Dream big. Believe. Pray and achieve. And I'm sure definitely, definitely, the universe will definitely support you and grant you everything that needs to conspire in your favor to bring your dreams to pass and your dreams alive. And talking of dreams, I would go to a six-year-old Popoba. Paul Pogba himself is a World Cup winner at the 21st edition of the World Cup that was held in Russia 2018. But before that, the key we want to hear from Pogba is how the France winning team of 1998 inspired him to win the World Cup 20 years later in Russia. At the time, France hosted the World Cup in 1998. Current French midfielder, former Juventus player, and currently playing with Manchester United, one of the best outstanding box-to-box midfielders, Paul Pogba, was six years old at the time. And we'll hear from Paul how Le Bleu Le Bleu inspired him to win the World Cup 20 years later which was also a phenomenal moment in the history of France as a country. 
but that was the second World Cup France had won in 2018. But we'll hear from how the World Cup inspired a six-year-old Paul Pogba that 20 years later, he led France to win the World Cup at the Russia 2018. We'll hear from Paul. The 1998 World Cup uh, in France when France uh, won. Again. The goals, the 3-0 final win against Brazil. I also remember the red card against South Africa, I think, or maybe Saudi Arabia for Zidane. The red card he got in the green stage. I remember it because I had the videotape when I was little. I was six or seven. I remember I was really young. I was at home watching the match with all the others. And as soon as France won, as soon as we won, we all went outside and climbed over the cars. There were horns sounding. We were all happy. Yes, that is Paul Pogba talking about how the national anthem of France inspired him as a six-year-old sitting behind his television set and watching that France 1998 team conquer the world. And he recalled one of his memorable moments when French legend Zinedine Zidane was shown a red card against Saudi Arabia in that World Cup game in France. And this is what the World Cup does. It inspires us and pushes us to reach beyond our limits. Today, I, on this show, I keep inspiring my listeners, I keep inspiring my audience to never be limited by the constraints they find themselves. Whatever constraints you find yourself, always rise above it and leave your God-given talent and potential. On the next actor and player we'll be, we'll be focusing on is Robert Perez. He will be telling us about how France 1998 shaped his career. He was part of that winning team. And I'm going to give you a brief overview of who Robert Perez is. He was part of France 1998 World Cup team and Euro 2020 winning squad but had to miss the 2002 World Cup due to an injury he sustained playing for Arsenal. He also played in the 1996 Olympic Games and Euro 2004. However, a dispute in 2004 with French national coach Raymond Dominic put a halt to Perez's international career. He won 79 caps for his country and scored 14 goals. He won the golden ball for most outstanding football and golden shoe for most goals scored at the 2001 Confederations Cup in South Korea and Japan. Perez provided two golden goal assists during his international career. First setting up Laurent Blanc against Paraguay in the 1998 World Cup round of 16. I remember that game very well as a young boy 
also sitting behind my TV to watch that game. That was when my passion and love for the World Cup was ignited. That particular game, Laurent Blanc scored the goal that took France to the next stage of the World Cup and providing David Trezeguet with the match-winning ball in the Euro 2000 final. The former was the first golden goal ever scored at the World Cup. Let's hear for Robert Perez, the France 1998 World Cup. That was the turning point for my love for football. I saw how France conquered the world against much fancy teams. And let's hear from Robert Perez and how that World Cup shaped his career and the entire French population and France as a country. My favourite moment at the World Cup? Actually, I think I have two. The first is the goal scored by Laurent Blanc against Paraguay. It was the golden goal that allowed us to get through to the quarter-finals. It was a moment of relief, and it was also important because of what happened after that in the rest of the tournament. And then there's the most powerful moment for me personally, which is when Didier Deschamps lifted the World Cup. Because at that moment, I realised a childhood dream. Before it was Pelé or Maradona who was there, not Didier Deschamps. And to see him lift the trophy meant we'd reach the summit. That whole tournament, the 1998 World Cup, which, on top of everything else, was at home in France, was a very, very special experience for all of us. Yes, indeed, it was a very special experience, not just for him, but for many young people like Paul Pogba, who went on to win the World Cup again for France 20 years later. And today, the host of the FIFA World Cup show on the Colin platform, it also inspired and ignited my love for the beautiful game. And I've gone on to witness three World Cups and I'm looking forward to my fourth one at the 22nd edition to be held in Qatar and many more. We'll hear again from another World Cup legend, Frank Dubois, on the Netherlands versus Argentina game, again at the France 1998 World Cup. For the purposes of my younger listeners, I'm going to give you who Frank Dubois is. Having represented his national team, 112 times, he was the most cup player in the history of the Netherlands, Netherlands national team until Edwin van der Sar surpassed him. We'll be talking about Edwin van der Sar in our subsequent, in our subsequent uh, 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 actor of the game. Dubois made his debut for Netherlands in September 1990 against Italy. Dubois also played for the Netherlands in the 1994 and the 1998 FIFA World Cups, and the 1992, 2000, and 2004 UEFA European Championship. He is well remembered for the aching 60-yard pass, which allowed Dennis Beckham to score the last-minute goal that eliminated Argentina 
in the quarterfinals of the 1998 World Cup. I remember this game so well and so vividly. And I remember Dennis Beckham for the purposes of my younger audience. Dennis Beckham is also another outstanding Netherlands football legend and Arsenal legend. He was part of that Arsenal invincible side that never lost a game until to winning the English Premiership. Until today, that record is still intact. And then it's Beckham, impeccable, brilliant, outstanding player. We'll hear from Frank Dubois shortly on what went into his thinking to deliver that key pass to Dennis Beckham to score the last-minute goal that eliminated Argentina in the quarterfinals of the 1998 World Cup. During Euro 2000, hosted in his home country and Belgium, Dubois reached another semi-final with the Netherlands team. But Dubois missed an important penalty kick in the first half of the semi-finals against 10-man Italy and another in the penalty shootout, which led to the elimination of Netherlands from the tournament, from the tournament. We'll hear from him and how the World Cup has shaped his career and would, I mean, also allow him to recall the phenomenal pass that led to Dennis Beckham. Amazing goal that beat Argentina in the quarterfinal of the 1998 World Cup in France. That was very special. The quarter final against Argentina. For me, it wasn't a simple thing to do, but I'd done it so often with Dennis when we played together at Ajax in 91 and 92. When you watch the footage of Dennis at Ajax, I must have given him passes like that three or four times. We felt quite good together. When he went forward, I knew that he wanted to go deep and vice versa. This was just the same. He was quite a long way forward, but everything was right and the pass was beautiful. But that was one of my strengths. The chances of it getting there are higher for me than for other players. But Dennis, his qualities, he controlled the ball in a way that almost no one did in those days. And when you finish it like that, that image, in the last minute, it was just a dream. Wow. It's so exciting hearing from these guys sharing their phenomenal memories and moments. And one of the key words that keep running through all of them is, it was just a dream. My beloved listeners and audience, never give up on your dream. In whatever field you find yourself, whether you're an architect, you're a communication specialist, whether you're a medical doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an engineer, 
whatever you find your hands doing and whatever you inspire to achieve, keep working at it. And definitely, I have no doubt with the right energy and the positive outlook in life, you will definitely achieve your dreams and aspirations. We'll be hearing again from the great Dutch goalkeeper, Edwin van der Sar, to tell us about how he makes up that dramatic loss to Brazil in the pen- on penalty shootouts in the semi-final of the 1998 World Cup. For the purposes of my younger audience, I'm going to give you a brief overview of who Edwin van der Sar is. Edwin van der Sar is a Dutch football executive and former professional player who is currently the chief executive of Ajax Football Club, with whom he began his senior professional playing career in the early 90s. He is considered to be a member of the club's golden generation and was part of the Ajax team that won the UEFA Champions League in 1995. A goalkeeper, he left Ajax for Juventus in 1999, where he spent two years before moving to England. First to Fulham, then to Manchester United in 2005. There he won a second Champions League title in 2008, making him one of just eight players at the time to have won the competition more than one, with more than one club. He retired as a professional in 2011, but briefly came out of retirement in 2016 to play for a Dutch amateur team. VV Nordvik, for whom he had previously played as a youth. He played 113 times, 130 times for the Netherlands national team and was the nation's most capped player until 2017 when he was overtaken by Wesley Schneider. His international career. Van der Sar was included in the Netherlands 1994 World Cup squad but did not play. He had to wait until 7 June 1995 for his international debut against Belarus. He was in goal for three successive eliminations from major competitions by penalty, namely Euro 96, the 1998 World Cup, from which we'll be hearing from him, and the Euro 2000. The Netherlands failed to qualify for the Euro for the 2020 for the 2002. World Cup after competing with Portugal and the Republic of Ireland. And so during all of his career with the Netherlands, he missed just one tournament. Edwin van der Sar backstopped the Netherlands to the semi-final of the 1998 FIFA World Cup, where they were eliminated by Brazil 4-2 on penalties after a 1-1 draw. In the third-place playoff, Netherlands loss to upstart Croatia 2-1. In the quarterfinals against Argentina, Van der Sar confronted Ariel Otega after Otega received a yellow card for a dive in the penalty area. The Argentine was then sent off for headbutting Van der Sar. Shortly after Otega's red card, Dennis Beckham scored the winning goal in Netherlands 2-1 victory. And in that winning goal, was what we heard Frank Dubois described a while ago. What went into that pass he gave to Dennis Beckham to score that goal shortly after Ariel Otega was red-carded. I'm loving this show tonight. 
it gives me a lot of nostalgic memories. This is one of the World Cups that also shaped and defined my life as a young sports enthusiast. Uh, a lot of success with my clubs and uh, I won everything and the thing that's missing is, uh, is success with your, with your country. The thing that stands with me as my most pleasurable moment and also my, my saddest moment was the, the semi-final in the World Cup in 1998, uh, playing against Brazil. I think if you, uh, if you see the, the color of the shirts, yeah, the, the yellow against, uh, against, against the orange, uh, one set of supporters there, uh, our supporters behind the goal. The stadium was open, uh, the stadium in Marseille. Uh, started out as a, as a bright blue evening and everything, and then uh, the game started and, and, and uh, one nil down. We scored just before time. We scored as a draw. Extra time, uh, penalties. And you, you're so close to playing uh, with the final, and you lost on penalties. So it was, same time as it was a, was a pinnacle point in your career. Also, yeah. big uh, deception, of course, by uh, not able to play that World Cup final. Yes, for Edwin van der Sar, his biggest regret is not being able to win the World Cup with the Netherlands. But that notwithstanding, takes nothing away from his outstanding record at the Mundial. And um, we'll hear again from another person, Abe Sand. Abe Sand at the 1998 FIFA World Cup was with the Danish team that's called against Nigeria and Dennis Ebersan scored a goal against Nigeria so stunning even he could barely believe it yes he himself couldn't believe he, he had scored an outstanding goal at the World Cup I would give you a brief a very brief background about him Ebersan is a former professional footballer from Denmark who played as a forward in Denmark and also for FC Schalke in Germany. He was the Bundesliga top scorer in 2001 and won the DFB Poker Cup in 2001 and 2002 with Schalke. On the international stage, he represented the Denmark national team at the 1998 and 2000 FIFA World Cup, as well as the 2000 and 2004 European Championships. At the 1998 World Cup, he scored the fastest ever World Cup goal by a substitute 16 seconds after entering the match. Yes, that is why he himself could hardly believe that goal. That record still stands till today. At the 1998 World Cup, he scored the fastest ever World Cup goal by a substitute 16 seconds after entering the game. And one thing that struck me about him is the fact that after an outstanding World Cup, he had a breakthrough. And I'm going to tell you what that breakthrough is. He had, he is the biggest transfer ever to have moved from Denmark to a top flight football. He was then transferred to German Schalke for 10 million. Danish currency in 1999, at the time, the most expensive sale by a Danish club. Yes, that is the sort of player we are talking about. 
And let me give you a brief also background about this national break, breakthrough with the Danish national team. He scored 12 goals in 29 games in his breakthrough season and helped Brandon Bay win the Danish Super League title. Brandon Bay matched that fate in both 1997 and 1998, with 1998 being an even better year for both Sand and his local club. Sun won the Danish Golden Boots as he scored 28 goals in 33 games and helped his local club win the Danish Cup, completing the double. Sun was first cap for the Danish national team on 22nd April 1998 against Norway. And following his great 1998 season, he was selected to play for Denmark at the 1998 FIFA World Cup. He took part in all five Denmark matches at the World Cup and scored his first goal for Denmark in the game against Nigeria, his own most treasured goal for the national team. We'll hear from him and what makes that goal a treasured goal for him. I was brought on against Nigeria in the second round in front of this amazing backdrop in Paris. We were leading 2-0 at this point. I've only been on the pitch for 22 seconds. The ball has been in play for just 16 seconds. When Michael Laudrup did his trademark move of dribbling widthways across the pitch, I started my run a split second before the pass was made, and I ran into a space where he wouldn't normally run to. But it was only because Michael Laudrup had the ball. And as a striker, you know he can create magic. The timing was perfect. And as the ball came down, I tricked Cerebo West with a gentle touch with my head. He ran straight past. And immediately afterwards, I struck it perfectly. And it goes straight into the goal. The score, 3-0. It was a dream. A dream goal. 80,000 spectators, many, many millions of TV viewers worldwide. So it was great to be part of it with something as spectacular as that goal. It was my first national team goal, and I almost had to pinch myself. I cheered, I was almost levitating. It was a dream come true to score a goal like that. Most definitely, you would levitate at a big stage of the World Cup to score your first goal. For your country, what a proud moment it was for him. I would also would also hear from Patrick Clivet again, yet another outstanding talent. He will tell us his experience playing in that game for the Netherlands against Brazil in the semi-final and his dramatic header for the Netherlands. Let me give you for the purposes of my audience. I love my audience. So bits. I'm going to give you details about who Patrick Clivet is and his international career with the Netherlands. Patrick Clivet made his first full debut for the Netherlands on 16th November 1994 in a European qualifier against the Czech Republic, replacing Yuri Molda after 13 minutes of a 0-0 draw in Rotterdam. In his second game, on 29th March 1995, he replaced Ronald Gibor after, after 77 minutes 
and seven minutes later, he scored his first international goal to wrap up a 4-0 home win over Malta. In 1995, December, Clivet scored both goals in Netherlands 2-0 UEFA Euro 1996 qualifying playoff win over Ireland at Anfield to qualify Orange as a Dutch national team for Euro 1996. Clivet missed most of the tournament with a knee injury, but he scored against the host nation England to enable the Netherlands qualify for the knockout round against Scotland on goal difference. There, they lost in a penalty shootout to France. At the 1998 FIFA World Cup, Clivet was sent off against Belgium by referee Colini. Colina. Referee Colina, after elbowing Lorenzo, he made amends when selected to play against Argentina in the quarterfinals of the same tournament where he scored the opening goal. He also impressed in the later game, scoring a late equaliser from a header to draw his team level with Brazil in the semi-final, although the Netherlands went on to lose the penalty shootout. We hear from Patrick and how that tournament affected his career and how it impacted his life. It was a really nervy match. This was the semi-final of the 1998 World Cup against Brazil. My goal was unbelievable, really. We were 1-0 down at the time. The ball came to Frank de Boer. He played a cross-field pass over to Ronald de Boer on the right wing. And he put in a great cross right into my path. I was in the middle and Junior Baiano and another defender were marking me. The ball came right to me and I jumped up and headed it hard past Taparel. He tried to save it but he couldn't. When it went past his hand, it was such a relief. A lot of people said that match should have been the final. But unfortunately, we drew the short straw. If we were ever going to win the World Cup, it was then. I had the feeling that we could have beaten Brazil and should have gone on to play against France in the final. Yes, that is Patrick Clivert telling us his impressions of that semi-final game against Brazil. Brazil went on to play host nation France in the finals of the 1998 World Cup and lost eventually to the host nation by three goals to nil on uh, subsequent episodes of the FIFA World Cup show. We'll do a playback of that game and we'll recall that particular finals. But on tonight's episode, we are celebrating the moments and recalling some memorable moments. And we'll hear from one of... U.S. outstanding coaches 
coach Bruce Arena. He was the coach for the U.S. soccer team at the 2002 FIFA World Cup. Bruce would talk to us about the USA famous shot victory, 3-2 win over Portugal at the 2002 World Cup. For the purposes of my audience, I'm going to give you a brief background about who Bruce Arena is. Bruce is the last person we'll be talking about on our episode for tonight. After Bruce, we'll wrap up with our show. So let me give you a brief overview about who Bruce is. Bruce Arena, born September 21st, 1951, is an American soccer coach who is currently the head coach and sporting director of New England Revolution. He's a member of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Arena has had a long and distinguished coaching career and is considered to be one of the most successful coaches in North American soccer history, having won five College Cup titles and five MLS Cup titles. He was the coach of the United States of America at the 1996 Summer Olympics, the 2002 FIFA World Cup, for which we'll be speaking to him about it, and the 2006 FIFA World Cup. He was the head coach of New York Red Bulls, DC United, LA Galaxy, and the New England Revolution in the Major League Soccer, and coached Virginia Cavaliers men's soccer team to several college soccer championships. He is considered as the longest serving coach of the U.S. soccer national team. We hear from him. I remember the, uh, uh, you know, the opening 30 minutes we were simply outstanding. I think, uh, I think all three goals inside 30 minutes. And then we let up a goal right before half to give Portugal a little bit of confidence. And they got another one in the second half. But it was a game where uh, our, our start was outstanding. We dominated the game. Uh, obviously, it was a, the first 30 minutes were key to a securing victory. And, uh, it positioned our team very well to go into the second game against the home country, which is Middle East and South Korea. So uh, uh, it gave us a lot of confidence. And then, obviously, the second game against South Korea, getting the point basically secured our position for the next round. It was great. You know, we, we felt that the matchup against Portugal was a good one for our team. And we were confident we could come, more, we could come away with a win. And, uh, and we did that. And I guess we, uh, we shocked a lot of people around the world. Yes, indeed. It shocked a lot of people around the world. In 2002, Korea and Japan, when they beat Portugal by three goals to two. It's been lovely. It's been exciting coming your way with today's episode of the FIFA World Cup show. Until same time, Thursday, 9 p.m. GMT, 10 p.m. Central European time, 4 p.m. East Coast time. Do make a date to join us for our next episode. If you do not have time to join us, thanks to the team are calling. We have the privilege of playing back all the episodes. Today is our eighth episode, and I hope you can go back to listen and enjoy for your listening pleasure. Until same time, 
It's been fun. It's been exciting coming your way. Adios. Have a lovely day. Stay blessed. Keep hope alive and never give up. Dream big, believe, pray, and achieve.